Welcome to season two of the Craft Beer Connoisseurs podcast. I'm Tyler. If you're new to the podcast, we are three friends and a producer who like to showcase craft breweries and their beers. Also, we like to end every episode with a short conversation on a variety of different topics. If you're not new to the podcast, well, welcome back. We will keep things similar to season one. After all, if it isn't broken, don't fix it. Whether you're new or returning, please feel free to listen to all of our season one content. And remember, to follow us on Instagram at Craft Beer Cons, send a friend request on Untapped, or subscribe on YouTube at Craft Beer Connoisseurs. Also, drop a comment, like, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Now for today's episode. Welcome to Craft Beer Connoisseurs. I'm Tyler. I'm Chris. And I'm Brett. And along with us today is producer. Alex. Nice. Welcome, Alex. Hi, Alex. Very excited to have him on. <laughs> yes. So in uh, today's episode, we're going to be reviewing a brewery that is local to us, Anderson Craft Ales out of London, Ontario. I've been there before. I've been too. Guess what? Same. Oh, <laughs> oh and oh, our and producer's Alex been there has. too. Nice. Amazing. So we're going to be trying two beers today. The first is an India Pale Ale named uh, IPA. Mm, that makes sense. Okay. Yeah, for, course, for sure. And the second one is called Autumn, which is the first Marzen that we're re- reviewing on the podcast. Nice. Nice to have something new. And to end the episode, we're going to be having a conversation on music slash bands with a little bit of a twist. So stay tuned. So we are reviewing Anderson. And for those of you who have not been there before, we have all been. It is located at 1030 Elias Street in London on the edge of the Old East Village oh, and it was nice. founded by the father and son pairing of Gavin and Jim Anderson. And this brewery is 100% family owned and operated. Yeah, nice. that's impressive. It is. So we're going to give you a little origin story on how this happened. A little Christmas story, if oh, you will. Sit back and relax. So uh, on Christmas Day in 2005, Gavin, who was then 19, discovered a big box under the tree left from Santa. <laughs> Yeah. This is adorable. <laughs> it was a home brewing kit. Uh, now, we assume that Gavin realized that it wasn't Santa who left it. Uh, he was 19 at the time. Uh, it was, in <laughs> fact, his dad, Jim. Uh, and at that point, the obsession with brewing beer began. And then all the way fast forward to 2016, Anderson Craft Ales opened. Nice. I wonder how that beer turned out. I don't know. You know, like that's that's <laughs> what that's I'm a good about, question. Right, the, the very first homebrew beer. Yeah, yeah. See, see where they started from and see where they're at now. So. Yeah, yeah. So, kind of speaking about you know how beers taste and whatnot, and how that one turned out. Anderson is all about using top-notch ingredients to make top quality beers. Um, we've had several of them, and we'll we'll, we'll get to that. We'll touch on that. Yeah, yeah, shortly. So, the four main ingredients include Canadian growing barley, North American hops, crisp, clean water. That's that London water we like to drink, right? Yeah, Thames River. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and yeast, <laughs> which might also come from the Thames River. No. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> you never know, you never know right? <laughs> All right, so uh, let's kind of get into it a little bit yeah, and, and so, talk about it. So, one note from Gavin that he's made. Uh, who he also honed his craft at Brasseurs du Petit Assault in Edmonston, New Brunswick, before kind of coming back to the London area, as he stated that our beer is better than Budweiser, of course, because simply there's a lot more care put into it. Yeah. That might speak I, I to mean, that whole family-owned thing. I right? cannot disagree with the fact that it's better than Budweiser or Coors. <laughs> that that, that 100%, it definitely is. 100% correct. You are, Chris, 100%. You are correct. I am correct. <laughs> <laughs> so we've we've all been before. We discussed this, right? Pre- yes, we have. Pre- several, several, many times. Several times, yes. Y- yeah, this month. Uh, <laughs> this week. <laughs> Today. This, this is uh, definitely one of our local watering holes. And yeah. usually we kind of do 
I guess a run of like the trifecta just based on location here in London, right? Yeah. Anderson, Lennonburg Co. and then Powerhouse. But the old Bermuda Triangle. Yeah. It's more of a line. Yeah, just a straight line straight, down the track. Straight line, but I get I get where you're going with it. And so it is a large facility, right? Seven thousand square foot facility. Um, they do three hundred and thirty five milliliter cans. Three fifty five. Yeah, I no, it's a typo. Yeah. Uh, all right. So 355, you're right. Can buy it in singles. Uh, you know, if you want to show up and just say, hey, I want a single hop series, buy one of those and, and get that. Or you can buy it in six packs as well. So they, um, they do a lot of beers. Yeah. So and one of the interesting things about their beers, we mentioned we're having the IPA today. They basically just name their beers based on the style of beer. So it's, no, you know, none of these fancy names. It's cream ale, stout, amber brown like that sort of <laughs> you know stuff. What, you know what you're getting very you, simplistic you know what you're getting um so yeah it, it it's you know there, there's no confusion there i'm sure other breweries have come up with like you know five six hour meetings about what we're gonna name this <laughs> <Yeah>. IPA. <laughs> anderson's like three seconds yeah that's an ipa yeah we're good yeah to, to kind of flash back to uh season one where brett made the comment about the waterloo amber and seeing it in the beer store or yeah. the lcbo sorry where you would know it because it says amber on it yeah you would know these beers because they are what they are. You it's know? true, right? You're getting that IPA, you're getting that IPA. And my big thing about Anderson is that they have their single hop series. So it allows you to develop a taste for that single individual hop. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they have like the Lotus Hop, Galaxy, El Dorado, Southern Passion, Sabre, just to name a few. I know there's many more. Medusa, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. There's a lot yeah. of them. But it actually gives you a taste because of that single hop. Because a lot of times, beers have more than one hop. Right, they right? do, and yes. you don't really know what flavor is coming from which hop. So when they when they kind of parse it out to just one hop, it's really easy for you to say, okay, I'm getting grapefruit, for example, and mm-hmm. you know, I, I know that's coming from El Dorado. Right, right? and I know about the cans because I'm a big can guy. Um, Anderson really enjoys, you know, letting the people know exactly what you're going to get out of it. Mm-hmm. Right in terms of the taste, it's on the side of the can saying yeah. you're going to get this flavor, this flavor with right. a note of that. Right, and not many breweries do that. Right, and and that's a, a good point too. Like the whole single hop series is essentially like an education training, right? Totally. So I take that opportunity to be educated through drinking beer. Right. Yeah. Anyway, we can spend it. Yeah. So why don't we talk about their actual tap room? Because sure. um, we mentioned. We've been there multiple, multiple times. Um, so now that it's open, uh, we, you know, people can go enjoy it again. So it's pretty cool. They've got, you know, like the top, the taps are actually on the ground floor. Mm-hmm. Um, and they don't have a lot of seating on the ground floor, maybe like four or five tables, something right. like that. Yeah. Yep. Um, but then they have a mezzanine up top. So you can go up there. They've got more tables and it, you overlook everything so you can see the tanks the kettle boils all the machinery uh you can see their pallets of all the beers stacked mm-hmm. up yep. um, especially on a canning day there yeah, yeah. so it, it's really cool that you can actually just hang out up there take a look at everything they got games up there things like that so it's a really actually really nice top room the one thing i do have to commend anderson on is their servers and going up those steps mm-hmm. and not spilling any beer yeah right yeah well back in the day before <laughs> B, you know, BC before COVID, you would get your beer yourself at yeah. the taps lock and then it up, walk, walk it, it up, up yourself. So yeah. if you had a flight uh, and you, you know, maybe it was your second or third flight, it might have been uh, a little bit to get up that flight of stairs. Right. And so <laughs> talking again still about the, the brewery and its aesthetics is on that first floor where the bar is, they also have like a large garage door that opens up to a outdoor kind of deck patio area, which yeah. they haven't used uh, too much right now. But it was a nice sitting space in... Um, 
in the summertime. And then they use part of the parking lot now as well for outdoor patio, which mm-hmm. they've got several tables out there. And then they've got some um, Anderson kind of like covering tents. Yep. That are drilled into the ground because we've been there where there's heavy winds and yeah, those I was things say, aren't I don't going know if you've seen a windstorm lately. Yeah, it's rain, yeah. but I get they're nailed in. Some Edison light bulbs out there too. So aesthetically, it is it is nice. The one thing I do enjoy also is that they have a nice diagram in terms of how they process their beer, how they make their beer, right? So I know. Some people may not be a uh, craft beer lover, right? You know, those people who say, uh, what's the closest thing you got to Bud Light? Yeah. But yeah. if you want to know how actual craft beer is made, take a look at the diagram. Right. Yeah. So let's talk about some of the beers that they've you know, like produced, right? So they have 188 different products that have come out of Anderson. At least that's what's on on top. On top, yeah. Um, so there's kind of the top five check-ins. So they actually just did a recent collaboration with Hemans here in London as well. Yep. Um, and so that was one of their highest ones, which is a strawberry human sour at 3.97. Which was very hard to get a hold of. Super right? hard. Like, but we all did because we're connoisseurs. I actually didn't did. get a hold of it, unfortunately. What? You did not? No, I didn't. Yeah. Mm. Well. Well then. That's too bad. Whoops. That's, uh, that's pretty bad. So that, that's one of their, their best sellers. They do have a Mexican porter that yeah. came in at 3.92. But um, Chris, why don't you talk about some of the beers that we've had just to kind of, you know, I guess show off a little bit. Yeah. So, I mean, we've had a lot. Uh, I would say I've had about 33 of yeah. the uh, 188. I like it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> which is the most out of all of us. So uh, I've had two fives from there. Um, the first one was actually my first five, the Hazy IPA. Uh, it was really good. Again, you'll notice these are just named r- literally right after the style of beer. Right. Um, and then the Sour Fruit IPA as well. Okay. Um, Tyler, do you want to yeah. say how many so you've had? Yeah, so I've had 32, one less. I think you had one last night. I so did, so I bumped up that. above you. Yeah, so yeah. that's uh, two fives. Mine are the exact same. Uh, producer Alex had 29, and the highest rated for them uh, was four... Uh, four, four and a halves. So four, four and a halves. Right. Uh, hazy four mango, tie. lime yes, goza, and then the raspberry fruit sour and strawberry sours for Thiemann, So Yes, and this is probably one of the only times where I've came up in last place when it comes to consumption of beers. Uh, I've only had 19. Uh, so, I mean... You can't win them all. <laughs> can't win them all, right? <laughs> uh, so the 4.75 I had was from uh, the Lotus Single Hop. And then I also had a 4.5, which was their gingerbread ale... And I remember that beer, lovely, because it was a nice Christmas time beer. It mm. was very, very good. Perfect. Yeah, so uh, we mentioned that at the brewery you can get singles of their beers. Uh, they are in the LCBO. Uh, I don't know how wide they are in the province, but certainly here in London, they're, they're very easy to find. And they do have six packs of their beers. Um, they have the IPA, the cream ale, as well as their seasonal. Uh, and sometimes they just throw a few others uh, into the LCBO Absolutely. as well. Right. Absolutely. So the one thing I will uh, touch on about Anderson is the hoppy hour. So $5 pints Thursday from four to six. I think maybe uh, since it's kind of your guys' watering hole, I feel as though you've been there a time or two between four and six on a Thursday. Uh, maybe. Uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, I don't know thing, if I have. <laughs> but the other thing I will say is their charity of the month. So $1 from every beer sold on Thursdays for that entire month gets donated to the winning charity. So they have a bunch of charities that enter into the draw, and all or $1 from every beer sold on every Thursday of the month at the end of the month gets donated to the charity that wins, which I thought is a very, very good idea. 
Nice. All right. Well, we're going to link to their social uh, or their information on our social media. We can link to their social yeah, media. Yeah, we'll do too. that too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so lots of linking going on here. <laughs> everything's linking up. So uh, if you want to get in touch with them and, and see everything, just check out our social media. Someone say it's LinkedIn. Anyway, let's get on to beer number one. So we're back, and a big thank you at first to Bridget from Anderson for supplying the beers on today's episode. What a lovely human being. Yeah. When I went to pick up the beers, she was like, how do you know my name? It's like, (laughs) because you gave me your name. (laughs) <laughs> it's kind of a funny moment. That's an interesting story. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah. So the first beer we're going to have, uh, which we mentioned, is called IPA, which is a IPA. Uh, <laughs> and it doesn't has, get old, eh? No, it, it really doesn't. Uh, and has a 6.5 ABV with 60 IBUs. Perfect. Um, yeah. So this IPA pours, apparently, I mean, we kind of already know, but... Apparently, a light color with a slightly bitter backbone, balanced with a smooth bitterness, accentuated by refreshing citrus and tropical notes of North American hops. I don't know about you guys, but I'm feeling a little hungry. Um, (laughs) So you should try pairing this beer with maybe some big, bold-tasting foods like uh, curry, Mm -hmm. uh, fajitas, fajitas, grilled meat. Or even a rich chocolate cake. Oh, that's I could go for a nice rich chocolate cake. I could go for I any of those things that. right now. <laughs> yeah, that, that would be great. Uh, well, on Untapped, you can follow us at Craft Beer Connoisseurs. And the overall rating for IPA on Untapped is 3.76 bottle caps out of five with 3,887 check ins. So quite wow. a few check ins. Yep. Um, Interesting, the highest rating for the IPA actually comes from the Growler serving, uh, which is a 4.08, but there's only 70 ratings, and the can, which has about 2,300, is at 3.88, so still above average, actually, so I guess draft might be bringing it down. Could be. Um, anyway, so our friends on Untapped, our craft beer connoisseurs friends, uh, 31 of them have checked this in uh, with an average of 3.76. Look at that. Right, right on, on, on the yeah, right on cue. Yeah. Like to see our, our friends and everybody's using Untapped, we are connected at the 376. There it is. Like. Yeah, and a good point from producer Alex on this too is if you are getting the beer out of a growler, because it's an IPA, you're probably enjoying it. You probably like it ahead of time. Yeah. So thus your rating was probably going to be a little bit inflated. Maybe you had it on draft at the brewery or something and you liked it and wanted right. to take it. Right. Yeah. Could be skewed a little bit. Yeah. yeah. And, then, and then on draft or the taster, right? If you're doing a flight, you yeah. might not be an IPA uh, connoisseur. So True. you might be bringing the rating down. But let's uh, enjoy this one. Let's uh, see what we can get here. So let's grab our can and grab our glass. And there's a new... Uh, New little kind of new tab on new, this new can, tab yeah. on here. The yeah. old square tabs. There she is. So let's open her up. All right. One thing you got to appreciate with this is they do fill it right to the top. They fill their cans right. You're to the getting top. all 355 milliliters <laughs> of the beer. That That's for right. Sure. It's not like a bag of chips where half of it is there. Uh, all right. So we are pouring this into an IPA glass. Uh, so make sure to use your proper glassware. Perfect. All right, what do we see? So I got a nice head of mine. We got no head over on Brett's, really. It's because I poured it well. Or didn't pour it at all. And I think Chris actually is the best pour this time, everybody. Let's give him a round of applause at home. Thank you. Thank you. Just so you know, for everybody at home, no spillage. No spillage. It's easier when it's a 355 can versus a 473. There's uh, less worry about spillage, but 
So we're looking at it, and we've got that kind of that nice kind of golden uh, look to it. Again, it's it's not a, a hazy IPA or anything like that. So no, it's, it's just not. a straight up IPA, very golden there. Um, as we go through it with this kind of head style, I'm, I'm assuming we're going to see lacing throughout um, as we yeah, drink. Yes, so you will it, right? get some yeah. lacing for this one for sure. Um, I've got a good oh two and a bit fingers of head on mine. What are you guys looking at? Well, they they do say that there is um, uh, on the can. They say there's a, a bright. It has bright citrus, melon, and stone fruit, uh, and I'm getting that when I smell it, like kind of that citrusy flavor or uh, smell. Yeah, yeah, I'm getting the citrus as well. Brett, do you have anything you want to add? I just want to add this, just so everybody is aware. This is an unfiltered IPA. It is, but although I don't I see any there's, sediment there's floating. There's no out. sediment. Yeah, it actually looks pretty clear. Clean, so yeah. the yeah. fact that it is unfiltered um, is interesting. Also of note, we are having this at 8 degrees Celsius. Oh, yeah. <laughs> get the thermometer out and give it yes. a check, right? All right, so why don't we, uh, why don't we get sipping here, fellas? Let's taste Let's it. Let's do that. Thoughts? Yeah, it's definitely um, malty, right? They do say there's a malt backbone. That's kind of how I would say this, this is malty, uh, a little bit bitter, which it's mm. 60 IBU, so I would expect that that bitterness. Right. Um, and then probably not as much uh, citrus when I on the taste as much as I might expect uh, based on smelling it. Mm. And this okay. is your prototypical West Coast IPA, mm-hmm. if you look at it, right? It's got that bitterness in there. It's got that citrus. It's got that malt backbone. Um, I have no complaints about this one. I don't think I've ever had a complaint about uh, an Anderson beer. Um I'm just going to keep drinking it. Good to know. Kind of. Yeah, yeah. I, I do kind of get the, the stone fruitiness out of it. Yeah. As well okay. as um, I'd say it drinks like clean, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, there's not a whole lot of mouthfeel on it. It, it goes down fairly well. Um, you do get that, that malty and then again at the end a little bit of the bitter. And I don't know if it's just – it lingers a little bit. So in between your your tastes or your your sips, you might taste still that bitterness just kind of lingering around a bit. Yeah, I totally get that. And I, I think we we should mention that all of four of us have had this beer before, um, you know, being so close to Anderson and this being one being of their... Anderson Craft Ale connoisseurs. Yeah, and, and this being one of their, basically their flagship beer. Um, we've definitely had this before, so we, we kind of know what to expect, but it's it's always nice to have it again because this is a good beer, a really nice IPA. For sure. Absolutely. So, top five flavor profiles. It is. Um, so, number one, hoppy. Yeah. Yes, definitely. Yeah, okay. it is hoppy. Uh, two, citrus. Yeah, I would say there is citrus, but, uh, and looks like producer Alex is agreeing with this as well. Maybe not number two, like four or five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd, I'd almost put citrus maybe in the three range myself, but okay. I, I see yep. you guys are I'm, I'm kind of that. Uh, number three, bitter. Yes, it is bitter, um, which I probably would replace citrus with bitter. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> number four, floral. And I'm just going to uh, come up with producer Alex's comment of uh, no. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't get floral either. Yeah, I'm not really picking up floral no, as well, and I yeah. think that's where you could move in like a stone fruit or or clean as well, right? Yes. And mm-hmm. uh, producer Alex just made that same kind of comment. Maybe that those are some of that are missing. And five smooth. 
Yeah, I, yeah. I think it's smooth, a smooth IPA. Yeah, definitely. And I think that that might be again coming with the clean, smooth aspect of it. So yeah, I goes can, goes I down real smooth. Get behind that for okay. sure. So now you've heard about some of our thoughts. Let's hear about other people's thoughts. Okay. Um, so Tyler, you have the first one in terms of somebody's thoughts on this IPA. Yeah. So the first one we got is Jay, and the handle is Bingebot. On July 30th, stated the following. Always solid, grassy goodness, which is a rarity in an IPA. Anderson IPA, I appreciate you for what you are. And Jay gave it a four out of five. The grassy goodness, I'm not really getting that aspect of it, but I can... I wonder you know, if he's confusing like yeah. the grassiness with that floral, and that's kind of what he's getting off of it? Quite possibly. That's a good point. But I do appreciate the fact that they appreciate them for, for who Anderson is. Mm. Yeah, so. definitely. Yep. And just, you know, halfway down, we got lots of lacing going on. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Which it. which we kind of predicted, right? Like, absolutely. Uh, so the next one comes from Fab F. Uh, handle is Four Meg on June fifth. Said a rather old school IPA with malt and dank resinous notes. A bite. A bit of bite slash character is missing here, but the Canadian brew is more than drinkable. However, uh, and so Fab F gave it a three out of five. Interesting. Fab has a total of five thousand seven hundred and thirteen check-ins. But the average is only 2.94. Very, um, very hard critique. Big time, uh, big time on that. And 1,332 of his check-ins have been threes. Sounds like he's got that Russian judge kind of vibe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Man. I think it was, was it a Russian judge or was it the French judge? But the Re Russians paid them off. Doesn't matter. Yeah, one of the two. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> yeah. So starting with our ratings, I am going to stick with the rating I originally gave it uh, January 31st, 2020. Um, I was actually having some nice crispers and watching the Raptors game against the Pistons. Um, I'm going to give it a 3.75. Well, I am uh, also going to stick with my original rating, which I had on October 26, 2019, uh, which is also 3.75. Um, I'm also going to stick with my original rating. Uh, this one was from March 21st, 2020, because I probably did an order right when everything got shut down. Um, mine is 3.75. Wow. And uh, it looks like producer Alex also going with the same rating of 3.75. Okay, so... Which I'm was on June 21st. On June 20, 21st. Uh, 2020 as well. 2020, and, okay. And it looks like... It was outside the backyard. Oh, yeah. As as he <laughs> is a lot. Um, so, producer Alex, can you spin the math for us to give us a, kind of a total of what that's going to be? Well, uh, considering all of us gave the same rating, it should be pretty easy, Brett. Yeah, I'm going to give uh, it a 3.75 for the team. So it's a 3.75 for the team. Perfect. Well, let's move on to beer number two. All right, we're back, and the second beer that we're going to have today is called Autumn, which is a Marzen, and it has a 5.5 ABV and 26 IBUs. Nice. Yes, indeed. So this is a smooth, copper-colored Oktoberfest-style beer that has a maltiness finished with some German noble hops for a clean, crisp finish. So we're going to have this as we ring in October, right? Absolutely. Nice. Bingo. Oktoberfest. Our <laughs> yes, Oktoberfest. <laughs> so this beer has aromas of caramel, hops, bread, and freshly cut grass wow. with the toasted grain and nuts leading to, uh, again, a clean, crisp finish. So what you want to do, Brett, just so you know. Because mm -hmm. I'm gonna, still hungry. This is very important. You're going to want to try it with a grilled cheese and bacon sandwiches. <clears throat> that sounds delicious. Oh. Yeah, I could have multiple of those right now. <laughs> Go to like a nice market, get some nice uh, fresh bacon. Oh, yeah. All right. Support mm -hmm. local. 
Oh man, uh, I'm hungry. All right, so uh, on Untap for this uh, autumn, there are 1,320 check-ins with an average rating of 3.67 bottle caps out of five. And we are drinking this out of the can, of course. So it has 775 ratings for can and a 3.79 rating from the can. And interestingly, we've had 24 friends on Untap try this one. And they're giving it a 3.73 average out of five. Wow. All right. Okay, so just a little a, fine balance there. Let's see where this is going to end up. Just a little bit above the average. All right, yep. let's uh, grab that can, grab that glass, and let's open her up. All right, and the pour. Again, they're very full cans. Um, so this being a Marzen, uh, our producer Alex is actually drinking it out of a Das Boot. Das Boot. Uh, das Boot. And the rest of us were drinking it out of a mug. Uh, <laughs> not so, Das Boot. Not Das Boot. <laughs> no Boot of Das. So make sure to use your proper glassware. All right. What do we see here, fellas? I believe we see a, um, some would say, copper-colored October sound. <laughs> Yeah, no, you know what? It's, it, it, it's bang on. It really is. You make a little bit of a joke about it, but it is extremely copper. Uh, oh, I'm getting a little bit of a light show over here yes. from uh, producer Alex. He's just wanting to show off Das Boot. Yeah, that's yeah. what it is. That's what it is. And the dangerously low line on his uh, beer. But, good uh, carbonation in it. Good carbonation. Very yeah. well carbonated, yes. And again, that's it's interesting because it is coming from Das Boot. So you see this carbonation of this bubble flow from the toe of the boot all the way up. To the uh, kind of the to the cankles to the cankles. <laughs> <laughs> well, what I want to know is yeah. is, da, is Das Boot the proper glassware? Yes. Okay. I, I, or or a mug or a mug. Okay. Yeah. Very the, German style of beer. The Das Boot has has a handle, so we'll consider it a mug. Okay. A nice kind of little head to her, a little frothy. Yeah, uh, nice and frothy and uh, sticking around. It looks very German. You it, know? it does. I mean, this definitely looks like what you would expect from a Marzen. Yeah, for sure. This definitely seems like a beer you're going to cheers about 30 other people in like the Bavarian Inn and just... Right. Go to Frankenmuth. Have this beer. There would be a time. If we go oh, Fra- Frankenmuth, yes. Oktoberfest, beer podcast. Yeah. I'm just yes. saying. I, I'm always power. down for Frankenmuth and so is our producer, let me yeah. tell you. Yeah, it's always a good time. All right, we'll uh, get talking a little bit here. Chris, do you want to talk a bit about Anderson and maybe kind of your connection to craft beer while we before we move on to the next Yeah, sure. So um, basically, uh, Anderson, it, it holds a little bit of a special place in my heart so it kind of got me into uh the craft beer scene so i was actually i, I curl at uh, the ilderden curling club just outside of uh just outside of london and uh one of the the folks that are part of the anderson family was curling there as well and he managed to get anderson on draft there and so the cream ale was uh kind of my go-to at the curling club and uh kind of got me interested in it and visited the brewery a few times and uh yeah Got me liking be- craft beer. And what you guys don't know is that there's an, actually an Anderson tattoo that Chris has. As- <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine the dedication to it? Yeah, really. So, Chris, while you're telling that story, uh, Brett and I already dipped into it a little bit. So. Oh, okay. So, we'll allow you to dip into it. Yeah. Um, Thank you. Yeah, malty, clean, smooth, light. Uh, it's it's there, right? Like, it's, it's doing pretty good. Um, Definitely getting that maltiness on the back end. What about that caramel? Mm -hmm. A little Mm -hmm. bit of caramel Mm, kind of in the middle almost uh, of the, uh, you know, a sweetness as well coming with the caramel. Um, But yeah, again, we said it looks like a Marzen. I'd say it tastes like a Marzen too. So, you know, yeah. I mean, again, as Anderson, all Anderson beers, pretty simplistic labeling. You know exactly what you're going to get. 
and you're not going to get disappointed. Yeah. You know, speaking of the labeling on the can, one thing I can certainly appreciate is that they do show the type of glass that they expect you to drink it out of. So that would be something that you would enjoy. I, I would cer- certainly enjoy that. So there's a lot of information, even though there's not a lot of text. Yes, right? they they do a great job of displaying everything um, and keeping it clean. So and, that's I, nice. I think the information they provide is really for connoisseurs like us, right? Like we're we're interested in this sort of stuff, and I think it makes a big difference in uh, giving you a lot of information about the beer before you drink it. Right. All I know is uh, producer Alex and Tyler are getting real giddy about this beer. No, we got a lot of information here, so let's get through it. So, top five flavor profiles. Numero uno, multi. Number one, multi. What do you guys got? Um, I'm thinking maybe more caramel is number one versus okay. multi. Multi is definitely within the top five. Yeah, I would agree. It's in the top five, but yeah, maybe not number one. Okay, number two, smooth. Hundred percent agree with that. Yeah, this definitely is goes a smooth, down smooth beer. Yeah, uh, number three, caramel. Uh, number one. Yep. Yeah, I, mean, I, I would, I would I think, yeah. probably put it number one, that or the next one, which is, uh, I'll steal, Sh- or you say it. Yeah. Sweet. Sweet, yeah. Because um, there's a lot of sweetness in this beer, even though um, this is a Marzen, which is a lager. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. there's no adjuncts, but they do a great job of making it sweet and caramel tasting. Right. Mm-hmm. And number five, clean. Yes. Yes. It's all, it's all clean. It's all malty. It's all smooth. It's all caramel. It's all sweet. It's all clean. Yeah, and so the thing again with this is because of what it is being unfiltered, right? It says it on the can. Yep. And it is a very clean beer, no adjuncts kind of floating around. But you're right, and and producer Alex is actually correct on this too, is that it does hit on all five. There's not a toss-in to be found here. There's not. So we like that. We like that. So let's go to some of the thoughts for the untapped users. Chris, you got the first one there. Yep, first one coming from Rich M. Uh, username is Mick. 71 uh, on September 18th said not too sweet refreshing for a sunny Saturday with some live music on the patio and uh, so Rich gave it a 3.5 out of 5 and was on the patio at Anderson having uh, having this beer and listening to some live music yeah, so that is one thing Anderson does do Saturdays 1 to 4 some live music and that's yeah. going to tie in nicely with our theme conversation very nicely Absolutely. Uh, my review is from Daniel G and his username is Grenion. Uh smooth multi Caramel sweetness and some bitterness, which lingers into the finish. A nice German style lager, which will go down very easily in the upcoming fall months. Gave it a 3.25 out of 5. Nice. Nice, yeah. So, in terms of our ratings, uh, I will say that before we give our ratings, maybe three of us here have had this beer before. Yes, we have. Who has not? Me. <laughs> so again, it's actually funny, right? But Brent, I've had it now. You've had it now because <laughs> you were you were saying you you had the least amount of Anderson beers in total, uh, which is probably unusual. And you've also not had this beer, and you're the only one that hasn't, which is maybe a little unusual as well. And also me, just unusual. Yeah. Well, can't argue with you that. You said it, <laughs> Chris. What do you got here, bud? So I'm gonna stick with my rating that I had on this beer. I first had this uh, October 11th of last year, which was on Thanksgiving. Uh, and uh, I, I gave it a four. Wow. Okay. Good. Uh, I've had this beer uh, today. <laughs> um, so I'm going to stick with my rating from earlier today of 
Nice. All right. And for me, uh, I had this September 13th, 2020, and I gave it a 3.5. And I'm going to give it a 3.5 today as well. Now, fun fact for all those kids playing at home, producer Alex is going to give it a 3.75. Now, the interesting part of this whole thing is that this uh, is actually his one-year anniversary um, to Mm. the day in which producer Alex had this beer. So what a quinky, <laughs> what a quinky dink from when we're actually recording this. Uh, it's it's one year anniversary. So, it is quite coincidental. So Chris, over, what we got overall that gives us a team score for Untapped again at three point seven five. So we are keeping our math simple. We are <laughs> consistency is key. So now that is going to be all from Anderson. And next up, we're going to be talking a little bit about music. All right. Now, naturally, we got inspired by the brewery, you know, for our theme conversation, much like we do. As we do, yeah. And today we want to touch a little on music. So we've done this in the past a little bit, but we're going to change it up just a slight little touch. So, you know, if you're not serving up delicious pints, one of their staff members may be playing Super Smash Bros. Which one? Bridget? No, not Bridget. Or playing some live music on the guitar while also providing the vocals for a band called Fun Fact. So we kind of talked about it a little bit earlier on in this episode about the live music happening. Yeah. And so one of their servers is part of a band called Fun Fact. It's a local band playing funk music, and, you know, they can be found on YouTube or Spotify. Now, how does he have time to play in the band? Because he's always at Anderson. Playing Super Smash Bros. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or it's, serving us pints. You want to know what yeah. it's called? Multitasking. Yes. <laughs> Multi, M-A-L-T-Y, tasking, yeah. multi-tasking. Stick to the IPAs or the autumn beer. Um, so, yeah, you know, I, I we, we always go friendly face, very friendly faces there. Totally. Um, but, yeah, so I figured, you know what, let's do a little bit on music and, and maybe something a little bit off the beaten path. So does anybody have any local musicians that you listen to or any memories of, like, local bands growing up? Brett, you look like you're, you're posturing, so yes, I'm ex- yes. expecting um, you to come out here. I, I will. Um, so I have been, went to a lot of, um, uh, what are this called? Small town strip clubs concerts. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, sorry, what? <laughs> <laughs> Small town strip club? No. You never, never heard of the band? No. No. They okay. play the Masonic Hall in Stratford. Okay. Like, so that's the name of a band. <laughs> 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 All right. I thought you were just telling us yeah, what you did last like, night. <laughs> so I don't think this is uh, Actually, just, just tying this in. Fun fact, uh, okay. there's actually a bylaw within Perth County that there can no be no adult entertainment facilities. That's a, it's 100% true. Wow. The last one was out on Ontario Street, and they after it left, they went ahead and made a bylaw that there was no adult entertainment. Yes, my dad closed it down. There it is. Right. <laughs> Welcome to Mitchell. All right, go ahead. What else do you got? Anything else? Or is that, is uh, that okay the only thing I will say is that the only other memory I, that I have is kind of like the Battle of the Band stuff, right? I know. That, Son mm, of a gun. Yeah, yeah. Um, we actually, I don't know how this was allowed, but when we did a grade eight Battle of the Bands day, they put a crash mat off the stage, and everybody was allowed to take a, st- a stage dive. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> kind of fine. Chris, do you got anything? Uh, so I don't really have a lot in terms of local musicians. I will say in terms of kind of bigger bands, uh, there's an 80s band called Glass Tiger from Newmarket, yes. which is yep. close to uh, Aurora. Right. So that's kind of like the quote-unquote big band from my my local area. Um and, and then, yeah, like in high school, I was part of the jazz band. And so we had a bunch of people in the jazz band. Yeah, I know. Band geek. Um, we had a bunch of people in the jazz band who had their own band, um, like right. kind of 
it, they had a saxophone player, so it was like a ska band, um, and they would kind of just play music when like their own music whenever uh, we had some downtime in in practicing for the jazz band. So that was kind of kind of cool, but yeah, not a, not a lot in terms of local stuff going some on. Some would say that you guys banded together in order to freestyle. <laughs> oh, Jesus, <laughs> wow! <laughs> All right, so coming from Stratford, I'll, I'll kind of give a little bit of mine. So the biggest, like, unfortunately band musician was justin bieber never heard of him no i don't know who that guy is no. No. so growing up you you would go ahead and see him playing out you know busking on like the avon theater steps all yeah. the time and there's a fun story behind that with one of our friends uh trevor were you gonna tell it no i was not no I another so story about him. I, another buddy it was trevor and matt downey out there and, and one of our buddies matt he went ahead and asked for an autograph and trevor like grabbed the napkin after and like threw it in so this guy's gonna be nothing and <laughs> 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 it was probably that is trevor Season one, episode seven of producer specials. Yeah, Just yeah. There you go. Yeah, I mean, Trevor also had the autumn before you did. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Everybody so, else did too. Yeah. So there you go. So producer Alex also actually went to school with Justin Bieber. So wow. again, the high school battle of dancing. One of my earliest memories of like live music, live bands, we had this, I don't know, grade seven, eight kind of pool party and like it was boys, girls and the whole thing, you know? Oh, mixed mm. gender. Were you guys all yeah. separated and I Don't Want to Miss a Thing by Aerosmith came on and you guys all came together? No, we were in the pool. We were having time. There's snacks out there. Oh, it was a great time. But there was a band from some of our friends and they put like a canopy over top of the equipment and all that jazz, but things were getting a little rambunctious and water was spraying everywhere from the pool because <laughs> we were just doing cannonballs, all that jazz. Yeah. And they saran wrapped like the whole front of the canopy. So then that way, <laughs> that way no water would get on the equipment. It was just wild that as a grade wild. seven and eight. So um, again, we kind of bring up this topic because there's a lot of like love and collaboration between craft breweries. And live music, right? Yes. So are there any kind of musicians that you thought, you know, had like a small following at first, but then turned out to be kind of like actually bigger than you thought? Because sometimes that's how it is. You're like, oh, you know, it's the, nobody knows these guys, but everybody knows them. Yeah. So I have a couple examples. So I, as a kid, I was always uh, uh, kind of a big fan of the Bare Naked Ladies. Never heard of them. They knew? If I had a million dollars. There you go. Uh, so <laughs> We lit- wouldn't be where we're at if he had a million dollars. <laughs> we yeah, wouldn't no, be doing this every we, day. <laughs> I, I literally thought no one else knew who the Bare Naked Ladies was until I got a little older and like people were like, yeah, we know the Bare Naked Ladies. <laughs> one, of my, one of my teachers in college actually married the drummer. Oh, oh really? Oh, she really knew the drummer and Bear Nagel. Oh, oh she, she, she knew. She knew. Okay. Uh, so and then the other one is a little bit more general where, uh, again, like in kind of elementary school, I was and still am a big fan of classic rock music. And like nobody else that I knew listened to classic rock. Right. And then I go to high school and like all these new people that I'm meeting listen to <laughs> classic rock. And I'm like, oh, I, I, I guess it's not, you know, that kind of cool yeah. to, to do it right everyone i'm not as unique as i once thought exactly yeah, yeah. so those those are kind of like the the two big examples a lot of personal complexes <laughs> happen for yeah. you right uh for me uh a lot of mean kind of producer outs kind of correlate here okay really let's um, come together yeah like you know. a band uh, yeah we band together, together. <laughs> uh, we've seen a lot of the same people i would say live so uh tim hicks dallas smith jess moskluk before they all became big yes uh but the biggest big one Joss, I was, jess moskluk fan yes mm. big jess moskluk fan Uh, Anyway, so we went together to Boots and Hearts in 2014. Um, You know, had a big makeup job on my knee in order to go. That's besides the point. Tell that story for another day. Um, So anyway, um, 
there was a huge hailstorm. Yep. And it was myself, producer Alex, his girlfriend, his sister, uh, his sister's boyfriend at the time, who's now husband, and uh, oh. a guy by the name of Justin, who, oh, wow. you know, we, we shared a bed for a few days. Okay. <laughs> it was a good time. <laughs> anyway, so uh, the, the hailstorm came down, and we're all hiding behind, a, like, a, a locker. Like, there was lockers there that you, like, purchased to put your, like, you know, phones your and whatnot. Things in. in. Yeah. Things in, right? Yeah. I'm, still, I'm still wondering how this correlates here. But yeah. <laughs> okay. what a, we were at the same location. Okay. Anyway, so after the hailstorm had kind of subsided and they kind of let the musicians, you know, do their thing again because apparently you can't play music in a hailstorm. Um, at the side stage, there was two people there. And one was Sam Hunt okay. and one was Chris Stapleton. And Sam Hunt just came out with the song Lead the Night On, which was kind of starting to become a little popular. But I had no idea who Chris Stapleton was. Right. Yep. No idea at all. And they're at the side stage, and literally it's just us six because, oh, somebody's playing music. We need to run over there. Right? Because we were. You ran? We, we ran. Okay. All six of us ran. Maybe five of us. I think Producer <laughs> Alex was a little bit behind. And literally it was just us six out of this tent, and Sam Hunt and Chris Stapleton both played 28 minute acoustic sets to literally just us six. That's amazing. That's pretty cool. Right? And I didn't realize that Sam Hunt had wrote Cop Car by uh, right. Keith Urban. Chris yeah. Stapleton had wrote yeah. uh, a couple of Luke Bryan songs yeah. that he had played. A, yeah, a lot of the times they're, they're writers right? before they're performing. Exactly. Yeah. So that was actually one of the memories that I, w- I will always have. Right. 100%. Yep. Um, yeah, so kind of going back again to Windsor. So like the script, right? Playing in Windsor for a small group. Then realized they were huge. Like I remember I didn't go to the concert, but my then girlfriend did. Mm-hmm. And came back and was like, oh, yeah, we listened to the script. I was like, I don't know who the heck that is. It sounds like somebody <laughs> small, like not mainstream. And right. it turns out that they then were huge. Right. Um, and then I also kind of like to think that I got on like the ground floor of Mike Stud. Right, so Mike Studd was actually a pitcher for Duke University, pitched with Marcus uh, Stroman. I think there's the connection there, right? And I was like, yeah, Mike Studd, that's sick, like that's cool. And you know, he turned a, into a hip hop artist, and then he became big because he was also independent. Um, but Chris, I think you would appreciate this as well. Is like going to school in Windsor. We yes. always heard like newer music from Detroit before friends back home. So like you'd hear somebody play, you'd hear well classic one stanky leg the stanky leg we knew about the stanky leg a good half to uh, well half your eight months before it kind of hit you know strafford london area yeah and i i was speaking with my wife uh my wife my life, uh, yeah. a, a, a couple days ago about this stanky uh, leg because well, just this. this <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. kind of the stanky leg, but yeah. this music in general, because she went to Windsor with us as well. Yes. Um, and she was saying, like, you know, she would same thing hear music in Windsor, then come home for a weekend or something like that. Be the coolest kid ever. Go go to the club, hear a song. No one would know it, and she would know yeah. all the words. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, like that. That was kind of the cool thing about it was being, pretty cool being close to a different country. Yeah. And then yeah bring it back home so and then one thing that i always kind of find like mind-blowing is that people that listen to city and color thought it was a completely different musician when they heard like dallas green right right like they dallas realize, green is literally yeah. city and color right and i remember people not understanding that connection to it so dallas green's actually from st Catharines, so not very local to ourselves but very small and well, we've kinda, been to kinda, st Catharines. we know where he is yep, yep. And then the favorite song, obviously, is The Girl. And I don't know if it's just kind of hit home a little bit more based on when I listened to The Girl, you know, that, that song. Because it was all about breakups and emotion. Just kind of like the time. But just like, a straight yeah. banger, you know? Just hit, straight banger. Hit, harm, uh, hit hard, sorry, if you just want to put out uh, some, some Kleenex. So. Oh, 
Beautiful. So I, I, I'm going to just add one more thing, uh, a little bit kind of different in terms of almost the opposite to what you mentioned about the script, where in Windsor, there was a, a concert for uh, Cardinal Official. Mm, um, nice. Oh, yes. And, and so <laughs> it was kind of opposite because I thought he was huge. Right. And then I, I so I went to this concert and there was like 20 people there. Yeah. So I was like, okay, maybe he's actually not huge, but Fair enough. I, don't, I don't know. Was it like the Body Bounce song with Akon? Is that yeah, a big deal? It, it was like right after he signed with Akon's label. Nice. Yeah. So I, I know one of, uh, I think it was Cardinal Official's song lyrics actually mentions Joe Carr's home run uh, against Philly. Yes, I believe so. Fun yeah. fact. Fun fact. Let's tie that up. Let's I see wrap what you did up. there. And uh, yeah, so we're going to actually put some of the fun facts information uh, with our social media as well. So give them a listen. I know that they were just playing at the Truly Craft uh, Beer Festival here in London and did a song from uh, Gorillaz. So very interesting stuff. And uh, we'll be right back with our farewells. And that's... All for today's episode. Thanks again for listening. Keep on listening every other Thursday as Craft Beer Connoisseurs releases a new episode and on our off Thursdays for a producer special. So make sure to tell your friends, family, and your local musician and breweries, give your local musician a beer afterwards, you know? Yeah, that's That's a good idea. So from all of us and producer Alex, I'm Chris. I'm Brett. And I'm Tyler. And together, we're the Craft Beer Connoisseurs.